the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you enjoy from my cigar-smoking friend, Dennis Prager. In this studio where I broadcast in California, each day for, for six years, following me later in the afternoon... The studio was used for a major uh, Christian radio show, and it was hosted by a man named Frank Pastore, known to many of you. Frank Pastore was a major league baseball player, as a pitcher on the Cincinnati Reds, and he became, and I say this, and I, I not only, I don't say this as a compliment, I say this as something I believe as a fact, and I proved it because we made two Prager University videos with the man. We're very selective whom we choose to make videos. Frank Pastore had the, this is my highest accolade with regard to the mind. He had an original mind. This is a gift that God gives or nature gives to very few people. And he used it for good. He used it for the the Judeo-Christian value system, obviously as a Christian, as I do as a Jew, and we became quite close. In fact, I wonder, I often think about this, uh, Gina, who's written a magnificent memoir of their of their life together and what she did when one day he was killed riding home in his, on his beloved motor- motorcycle in 2012, 2012. The book is Picking Up My Shattered Pieces, Bouncing Back When Life Throws You a Curveball, I was so moved by everything that when I was asked to write the foreword, I I immediately said yes with all my spare time. (laughs) But I was honored, and and I did write the foreword to this. It's a book which will inspire you and make you cry at the same time, picking up my shattered pieces. It is is up at DennisPrager.com. Gina, I want to ask you something. Did I, and I, I, I just want to know factually what the answer is. Don't, you know make me feel good or it's not a feel good issue did i see frank more than anyone but you <laughs> i'm not joking i think you did you did and in fact on the way in i ran into sean your one of your engineers and we were joking because frank would come in in his boots and his chaps Correct. all you know motorcycled out right and here you are in your suit and tie and you you two shared a studio, and a lot of times you would stay longer right. with Alan correct. having your meetings, and Frank would open the door and say, get out of my chair. That's correct. Yeah. Done. I wouldn't, and, but, but that, was, that was pretty much how <laughs> it worked. The big kahuna won out. Yeah, yes. well, I, I wouldn't go that far. He was a big We It was two big kahunas, basically. <laughs> no, Frank would sit in a chair in the studio with his, his legs up on another chair. Yes, he would put his those, legs up. With boots the size of, of you know, Mount McKinley. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how do they make them. It was like a little house. Uh, yes, yes. I, I'm telling you, folks, I love this guy. Uh, it is it his uh, his death. 
uh, I have the chills as I describe it to you because I was so I so loved him. And you should see the two videos he made for Prague University. I thank God we made them. I Me thank too. God. Me too. You see him at his best. Yeah. His his energy, his love of life come through, and his brain. His explanation of the four things people have to explain to deny God is so original. It, and I've done this my whole life. I'm a theologian. I'm writing this gigantic commentary on the Bible. And I sat there in awe of the guy. You guys had a love affair. I mean, you... We did. Yes. I met him when I was 11, Dennis. 11. I wasn't hormonal. Um, (laughs) I wasn't hormonal. (laughs) I wasn't hormonal yet. I've never heard that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) I was hormonal at three. (laughs) You're a guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I meet him at 11. He comes in. He's best friends with my brother johnny they went to a all boys catholic high school where was this in our hometown of upland california upland california so in he walks um to visit my brother johnny they're uh play on the same baseball teams for years my how old was he uh, they're both 15 johnny so 15 and 11 all right hold on there this is great Uh, this is very special (laughs) Uh, this is an inspiring moment for me to have gina in here the book is picking up my shattered pieces it's up at dennisprager.com correct Frank Pastore was a great uh, man, a great broadcaster, a great thinker, a great husband. Uh, I loved him. I saw him virtually every day, every weekday, because he used the studio to broadcast his major Christian show. And she has written about their life, picking up my shattered pieces, because he wrote shattered pieces, and this is like a sequel. Bouncing back when life throws you a curveball. By Gina Pastori. I wrote the foreword to it. I was honored to be asked to. It's up at DennisPrager.com. You met, I mean, this is really, this is a storybook thing, isn't it? You met, you were 11, he was 15. I was 11, and you were chuckling because I said I wasn't hormonal yet. Right. But I wasn't. No, and no, I know, so I, I know, right? The guy walked in the house, and I don't know what it was about him, but he just, he just caused me to um, flip a lid. And he, came in he was commanding he talked loud um he was gregarious and loving and warm and it just came across at 15 and it struck this 11 year old girl so i developed a crush on him and but we didn't go out till i was turning 15 he asked my dad he had he had been signed by the cincinnati reds and went off to billings montana to play single a Came home, and I was now a freshman at uh, All Girls High Catholic High School. And he saw me and went right to my dad and said, can I take Gina on her first date? So and he was 19. He was 19, yes. I, I would, you know, I... <laughs> If I were your father, I, I'd have smacked him on the head. <laughs> well, my dad, you know, he, he really liked Frank, and he kind of thought it was cute, because Frank had become, like, you know, a fixture over at the Italian family, and my parents loved cooking Italian food for him, and he loved to eat, and so they thought he was a charming young man. So at first, it was all fine. So they said, yes, he could take me out. We go out on this first date. I'm trying to act sophisticated at 15 because I'm with this 19-year-old baseball player who I have a mad crush on. And he takes me to, uh, a, back then, we didn't have the big theaters like we have now, but we went to the Montclair 
uh, triplex, and there were three movies. There was Bambi, Shampoo, the movie with Warren Beatty and mm-hmm. Julie Christie, and a documentary that I don't remember. And he said, well, I guess we're going to go see Bambi. And I said, I'm trying to act cool. And I said, no, let's go see Shampoo. And he was like a little uncomfortable with that, but that's the movie that we went to see. So we never told my parents, of course. So did you date from then on? Um, we dated a few times after that, but he was conflicted because of my age and he was leaving to play Thank ball. God. Thank God. I just <laughs> yes. want to say. <laughs> yeah. So he left to play ball, uh, came back, and the following year, I'm now 16, and he asked me out again, and then we basically were together ever since then. And at what age did you marry? I was still 16 when we married. We married the following year after the season. I was a well, just he, shy. So, all right. So, you're very open, God bless you, So, and gave me permission to ask everything. So, I I remember his writing and his speaking about, you know, he, he was not immune to the lure of groupies that follow all right. major league athletes. No, he wasn't. So, when did that happen? Uh, well... As soon as he started playing in the minor leagues, there were groupies at the, you know, the games and stuff like that. So he, um, as any young male, started dating and he had while had a, seeing you. Uh, yes. Okay, go on. Yes, we right. had dated and were then you aware? Had, yes, he would tell me. He he would call during the. This is again before cell phones. He would call every Sunday night after I believe it was nine o'clock because the rates were cheaper. And he would, you know, tell me what he was doing, and I didn't like hearing it, but I dated a few people, too, in between mm-hmm. there. So, right. yeah. We knew that there was this age gap, and we had to deal with it. Right. You know. And again, what age did you marry? I just shy of 17. I was 16. All right. So he was 21. He was just turned 21. Right. He was a pitcher, folks, on the Cincinnati Reds, and he was a very good pitcher until he uh, injured his elbow. Yeah. Is that right? He actually had a very good year with Minnesota after his surgery and everything. Mm-hmm. But then collusion happened in his career. Now, were either of you religious at the time? Um, kind of. I was raised Catholic, and as a child, I was very religious. But then I, after I married and got kind of caught up in the baseball world, I let it drift. What is it like to be a baseball wife? That's a good question. Um, it is for me, it was a very, I was very comfortable in it because I'd grown up in a baseball family. My dad lived and breathed baseball. My brother, John, uh, played baseball with the Oakland A's. He was Frank's catcher all through high school. And so I, the whole baseball thing, I was totally good with. There were challenges, the long road trips. There's a lot of pressure. People don't understand the pressure on the athlete. Um, especially a pitcher. I mean, you and I talked a little bit about our aches and pains coming in here. I have a bad neck. You just had hip surgery. Imagine being an athlete and you're making a living throwing pitches. A hangnail. One of the most unnatural acts a human body can engage in. Yes. So there's a lot of pressure. And then there are women all over um, after baseball players they will do anything to land a baseball player so you have that pressure going on so i'm 17 um in the big leagues now with frank and i'm getting and i knew about his past and now i'm getting an eyeful like i went on a lot of the road trips in the beginning because i didn't have children yet 
So I saw a lot of things happening, and yeah, so it was intimidating. It's almost tempting to tell major league uh, athletes, you know, just wait till your career is over to marry, because you know what it is it's it's <laughs> almost not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the, the the temptations are awesome. Yes. So, uh, what's your reaction to the the statement "time heals"? Um, that didn't bother me too much. Um, people say. I think people feel compelled that they have to say something to you, and the truth is they don't. Right. It just, I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, that's if you're right. If you're going to say just, something, yes. that's a good one. Well, I, I which, and I mean it, and that's what I tell people. But, but no, I'm not, uh, it's not the phrase I want your reaction to, the reality. Does time heal? Yes. In time, you grow to accept what's happened, and you, you grow accustomed to the new reality. So, yes, it does. What have have been, I assume there's a plural, the, the biggest helps for you to cope with this loss? Ah, good question. Uh, I love when interviewees say good question. Well, of course, I'm with the great Dennis Prager. <laughs> well, no, no. These are going to be great questions. Um I think for me, well, the the thing that helped me the most, especially in the beginning, was the support and love and people being around. That was really key, like mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and that helps knowing that people are around you absorbing your pain and grieving and crying with you. It, it, it just means the world to mm-hmm. the person going mm-hmm. through it. So that's really key. I'm a believer in counseling. And I got my butt into grief counseling right away with a Judeo-Christian. That's that's a caveat. I, I believe you need well, to see a it. God-centered. Yes, yes. That's... Not somebody who's got wigged out views, you know. But right. yes. So I immediately went back to counseling, and that was enormously because there is a scientific method to grief. It's a very natural. It's mm-hmm. a soulish thing, and people, you know. Honestly, I have found that it's so misunderstood, especially in the evangelical church. It's misunderstood. we got to do a part two. I hereby announce we're doing a part two. Okay, I'm going to hold you to it. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> announce it and not do it. Okay, uh, I know that. Because you, you, your views are important. He, he married a great woman. And I, that's what I wrote in the thing. Thank a you. great man married a great woman. You're you're very special. He was very special. The book is Shattered, Picking Up My Shattered Pieces. It is up at DennisPrager.com. God bless you, Gina. God bless you. Love you, Dennis. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, where they're preparing leaders for the public square. Application deadline for fall classes is June 15th. It might be the right step for you or a recent college graduate in your life. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.